I'm late. I'm late. Gotta think of something that rhymes with late. It's gonna be great. It's the news, according to me. Well, it is Friday, end of the week, August 25th, 8.47 a.m. already, 2023, it's still 2023, I think it is, unless I slept a little longer than I thought, or the last four years have just been a dream. I was kind of, you know, yeah, it'd be okay for me if I woke up and it was 2019 again, and we just got to start all this over, just, you know, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. You know, it's anyway. I need to I need to get a clip of Joe saying anyway because I say that a lot now. Apparently, the older I get, he's gonna lose track of what I'm saying. Get tired of talking. Get done with that. I'm done with that conversation with myself. You know, I had a house and had a little lake. Well, it was, it was really a pond and hit our heating system. I have more of an air conditioner. And it was a lightning strike came up under the house and it had caught fire and burned the house down. Well, it didn't really burn the house down. It just kind of caught kitchen fire. I, you know, I about lost my wife and my Corvette, (laughs) my cat. Somehow that's that's supposed to be soulless for those people in Maui. But he can relate. He can relate to you. He knows what you're feeling because, you know, he had a kitchen fire. He's talking to people who've lost entire community. In some cases, they're children, family members, livelihoods. I know what you're going through. You know, I had, had a kitchen fire once. This guy, this guy is just so unbelievably, he just thinks he's just so Joe Cool. And the left has a tendency to think that I don't know why this just this just popped into my head. They keep they do this all the time, and they they they've done it so successfully. I think in many cases that they just continue. They're they're it's like they're hooked on this drug where they think that they can just say something and make it so. One of the things that they're doing right now is telling us that the economy's good. Oh, the economy's going. It's going good. Unemployment's down. Look what's happening here. Oh, it's great. Life is good. And Joe Biden's not getting any credit for this, for Bidenomics. Nobody's saying this. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that, 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 that Democrats are okay, that, they're, uh, that they approve of abortion without restriction to 40 weeks, full term, and then beyond. Jen Psaki came out the other day and said that, that nobody's saying that. Nobody's, nobody's asking for that. I can give you probably an hour-long video of just Democrats saying that very thing. The governor of Arizona, for, for example, this lady who beat, supposedly beat Carrie Lake. She will not restrict anything when it comes to abortion. She said, anything comes across my desk with abortion. And they even asked her, does that, does that mean beyond 21 weeks? And she said, yes, anything that, that comes. She, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't come flat out and say abortion up, to, up till birth. They, they believe in this stuff. They don't believe that that child is a child. These are the people that... Think about this. For, for, for those of you who are, who are Democrats out there, these are the people that you want to have as your leaders. Well, I don't agree with them on that particular thing. But, you know, we have to have social benefits and social... social so this, this whole thing has gone and started off a cliff. Here's how I, I see it has played out. This is just the way, this is my observation of the last seven years since Trump was elected, since he started running, actually, in 2016, 2015. The way it has played out is there is such an anti-Trump swing 
of the pendulum. They had to vilify this guy. Hillary Clinton was out there with her rhetoric saying that this guy was racist, that he was, you know, he had, he, he, the economy was going to crash. We were going to get into a nuclear war. And let's not happen to mention that the drums were beating with North Korea back then. I don't, most people probably don't remember. It, it amazes me how little people remember of the past. And it's, it's one of those things that I really, I, sometimes I'm shocked by how little people remember. We, had, we just had temperatures here. There's record temperatures. Well, when they say record temperatures, record since when? From when are you referencing? It got up close to, uh, I believe, the Hammond area, northwest Indiana. So it was supposed to get up, or Chicago area, it was supposed to get up to around 102 degrees. Not what it feels like, not the heat index, we're not talking about that. We didn't have heat index when I was back 30 years ago that I can remember. Never talked about it. We just had a thermometer. Didn't have it on our phone. We just looked at the thermometer and said, remember what it was. I had a house with no air conditioning 30 years ago. I believe it was 1990 or 91. I believe it was, I actually think it was 1990, but it might have been 91. I remember the temperature at my house. The outside thermometer in the shade was 102 degrees or 103 degrees, something like that. I'm thinking it got up officially to 105 degrees, but I can't remember exactly for sure. And all we are told is that, you know, the, oh, look, the earth is heat, heating up. It's getting, for, so for a few days we have heat like this. And the entire globe is going to catch on fire. And, and then we've got these strange fires burning like crazy all over the place in blue states. In Democrat leftist run places like Canada. California, because of land management issues, in my opinion. They become tinderboxes, and then they wonder why they're... And in many cases, I, I, I could show you, if I had, hadn't had time, you don't have to trust me on this. If you don't want to believe me, you don't have to believe me. It's fine. So many cases, so many of these cases are activists starting these fires because they feel like they have to help the cause along. Blows my mind that environmentalists and activists and, you know, the anti-coal people trying to make it sound like hey, this is man-made global warming. Well, you know what they're going to do to, to, to stop global warming is they're going to, they're going to Shoot, one of Bill Gates's ideas, they're going to shoot this shading material. It's, it's, a, it's a, like a black soot-type material up into the ionosphere to shade us from the sun. Oh, I'm sure that can't, what could possibly go wrong with that? Crops won't grow. Oh, but we're going to cool the earth. I think I had a, a video I played a while back, the audio of John Kerry being interviewed, being questioned by some people at, on, in Congress. And he was acting, of course, like he knew everything and these people were just stupid and he didn't know what he was, they were talking about. He's the expert in the room. He knows more than anyone. Any, any room he walks into, he always knows more than anybody else. That's just that's the way John Kerry is. It's a good thing he was never president. And he never, ever, I've never heard him talk about what's in my cup. This morning I have in my cup uh, vanilla chai with cinnamon creamer. And yes, I'm not at the international studio. I plan on going to the international studio a little bit later today, this morning. Uh, however, it's uh, at this point it's just not happening. I get my, my spouse... Uh, when she doesn't go into work, she works from home occasionally, and then it, it just kind of screws up my day. 
uh, not that it makes it bad. It just it just changes my plans because I uh, I tend to not get up as early because if she if she gets I either I get up way before she does or she gets up before I do and it it, it just changes everything. If I get if I get up early, I can get things I can get things kind of arranged to get the show out of the way, but uh, otherwise it becomes a little bit more a little bit more difficult. Anyway, see the uh, and I also have a backup. I've got a little bit of actually believe it or not, I have a little bit of McDonald's sweet tea here. Now, McDonald's sweet tea is interesting. It's not bad, but it definitely tastes different and it, it's mostly just you know you can tell it's just very sweet but it's uh i water it down with a lot of ice it's just extremely sweet and it it's uh it doesn't really have a tea flavor to it and i'm going to be making some some of my own homemade tea here later on today uh if i've got a lot of other things to get to but that's that's one of the things i'm going to do is make some tea it's on my agenda <clears throat> my agenda so uh I, uh, I put out a show yesterday that I actually didn't get posted until last night. Some of you probably won't see it until today sometime. I actually recorded it in my uh, on my iPad. In my, if you haven't heard it, it's, to those of you who have heard it, you, this isn't, you, know, you, you already know this. Sitting in my car doing, doing iPad, about 100 degrees outside. So the, uh, the way I see that this has gone down since 2015 – the whole Trump phenomena thing. They vilified Trump to the point where you, by being anti-Trump made you virtuous because they found something that Trump said in a locker room. Not something he did. Something he said. He never said he did this. Grabbing women in a certain way. He said, when you're famous, you can do this and you can do that. People get away with this stuff. He never said he did it. It's not, that wasn't part of his conversation. Maybe he did. Maybe he has. I don't, I don't know. Now, keep in mind, he was a Democrat for a long time. Democrats loved him when he was a Democrat. He supported a lot of Democrats. NBC loved him when he was on, his, on their show, when he had his little You're Fired show thing. The Apprentice. He made them a lot of money. And now he's the villain of the left. He's a pig. I'd like to punch him in the face. Robert De Niro comes out and says, F Trump. Just, that's brilliant. Brilliant. You're a brilliant man, Mr. De Niro. Or did you just spend, how long did you spend coming up with that line? That's a... That'll go down in infamy as one of the great, you're one of the great writers of our society. Or so eloquent, just, uh, just brilliant. That's the kind of, but, but he's, everybody, I think they stood up and gave him a standing ovation for saying that. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. And we live in a society right now where things have become – they're so – they're just chomping at this bit. At, 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 it's amazing to me the ridiculousness of this Georgia case. They parade everybody in to get their mugshots. And, of course, there's a lot of lawyers going to make a lot of money. There's a lot of bondsmen going to make a lot of money with all the bonds that they're putting out there. Basically, all of Donald Trump's legal counsel is being arrested for colluding to tamper with the Georgia election. Because, you know, it was a perfect election. It was perfect down there. There wasn't anything to look into down there. Much like Ukraine. Nothing going on there. Nope, nothing, nothing going on between uh, the Bidens and Ukraine. When, when, when Donald Trump asked the President Zelensky over there, or what, no, it wasn't, wasn't Zelensky at the time, asked whoever it was over there 
maybe it was Zelensky, I don't know, asked him to look into this because he thinks there's some corruption going on with Ukraine. He was impeached for that, by the way. The Democrats impeached him for that. And you know why? Because Nancy, I mean, Nancy Pelosi was beating the war drum on that one. And you know, she also has relatives who, strangely enough, are doing business in the Ukraine. Mitch McConnell happens to be doing business with China and probably Ukraine. They've grown strangely quiet and not just in a, a zombie coma-like coma stroke-type way. He came out in defense, actually, of the Democrats and Joe Biden. Well, we, we need to stop this. We, need to, we can't just keep going impeaching everybody. We can't, we can't go after, you know, we can't just have this reciprocal, impeach cyclical, whatever called it, cycle of impeachment. He doesn't, he doesn't want to see the, the Republicans. This is the House, the, the Senate minority leader here. We need the Senate to get this impeachment through. And Mitch McConnell is pushing back against it. I think we need somebody else in there besides Mitch McConnell right now. Not only is he incompetent and unable to fulfill his duties, but he's not representing the people. What the, I just, just, this is ridiculous. You know he's going to lobby and get his – I guarantee you there will be Republicans who will follow along with Mitch and they will vote against impeachment of Joe Biden. After all we know now. And maybe this is what's slowing down McCarthy. Maybe he knows he's got to get this case locked up, rock solid, undeniable, unrefutable. And you're still going to have a hard time getting any Democrats to vote for impeachment of this guy. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand what's happening here as far as why there's such a delay. And you got people like Comer and everybody else saying it's, it's time to – It's the, the impeachment inquiry is long overdue. Kevin McCarthy now has twice threatened to start an impeachment inquiry. There's plenty of corruption that has been found. Plenty of a reason for probable cause into all this. We have bank records of millions of dollars flowing around. Everybody around Joe Biden. And you're telling me he's not corrupt. It is long past due, in my opinion. For an impeachment inquiry, not, not just the impeachment vote. But I, it's, there's something about it. I don't know what, I don't know what, McConnell's, or what, what uh, McCarthy's trying to do here. McConnell obviously is is not on board with this, and nobody made much much of a deal about this. But we we need to get Mitch McConnell putting pressure on the Republicans in the Senate as well. He he has a lot of influence there. I guarantee you he's going to get he's going to get a small handful of Republicans, and the Democrats for for the next ten years are going to say, "Oh, this is it was a bipartisan vote against." impeaching Donald Trump. He was bipartisan acquittal of Donald Trump or of Joe Biden. Of course, they won't, they won't say anything about the party line vote that happened with the, the attempt to impeach Donald Trump. But they're going to stand lockstep for Joe Biden. Somebody that we all know for more than one reason, for all the reasons they're going after Trump, Joe Biden should be. For instance, the documents. Joe, why, how did those documents get in your garage? How did those documents get in those places where they shouldn't have been? Or nobody knew they were? And who discovered them? And who else had access to them? 
supposed to be a damage assessment, a risk assessment thing. It's supposed to happen every time this ha- these, these documents were found in a place they weren't supposed to be. Let's let's have, we have to have a risk assessment to see who all had access to them, who who might have actually seen them. They did the same thing to Donald Trump, even though he had his locked in a building in a in a room that the FBI had inspected. They knew where they were. They knew what documents were there. They had no idea what was in Joe Biden's garage, what was in Joe Biden's office, and his other house. Oh, but he did the right thing. He returned them right away. Oh, so, okay, you're good. Unbelievable. And we're going to impeach Trump over this stuff. Well, NARA was asking for the documents. Well, uh, who's NARA? Excuse me. Who works? Who's 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 their boss? Who has the ability, the 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 right to walk into the NARA office and fire anybody they want to? The president of the United States. It's a top-down management structure. And now they're going after their boss. Who was, who, their former boss. In fact, now, now the, the latest, I think last night it was on CNN, I think. The disgraced. Now, he's not, just, he's not just former President Trump or former Trump or just, just Trump. The disgraced former President Donald Trump. Now convicted they're not convicted, uh, indicted. Unbelievable. And they're parading these 19 people. They want to, she wants to try all 19 people all at the same time in October. All 19, all at the same time. What a clown show this is going to be. Almost all of them have different lawyers. All of them have cross-examination ability. And the whole case is absolutely outside of her jurisdiction. It's, the whole thing is ridiculous. You know, Kevin McCarthy's trying to get a stay. He, he, didn't, he was unable to do it, so he's going to actually be uh, – I think he actually ended up having, having to show. He had to show for this thing. And he was trying to go through the legal process of, of getting a stay, getting, getting it uh, resolved and, and sent back to federal court because this is a federal issue, not a, not a state issue. He was acting as a federal agent at the time when he was inquiring into issues with the election in, 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 in uh, Georgia. Big Fanny, what's her name? She's down in, down in Atlanta. <clears throat> so I guess she's the biggest Fanny uh, in Georgia. She, she, um, what she is doing now, she, or they're finding that she's colluding now with, uh, with Jack Smith or Jack, Jack whatever his guy's name is. The guy who's going after Trump in the other other cases, <clears throat> which is actually highly, as I understand it, is highly. Uh, uh, what, do you, what would you say? Uh, immoral. It's high, highly unethical in law practice. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not really even a podcast guy. I, I, I just happen to show up here and push buttons and I start talking. That's, I can't even spell podcast, but I, that's what I do. But I'm not a uh, doctor, lawyer, financial advisor. Speaking of COVID, by the way, for those of you who haven't noticed, uh, yeah, it's coming back. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna do it again. 14% rise. Uh, somebody did the math. Uh, since this new variant has come out in the past, whatever, two has it been two months, I think, that they've known it's out there. They already have a vaccine for it. Now, <clears throat> I'm getting a lot of cross-misinformation, apparently, from somebody, apparently from Anthony Fauci, and he's back on the scene again. I thought he, I thought he retired. He's back on the scene. They're, he's talking again. He was being interviewed by some broadcaster somewhere, and uh, I think it might have been, might have been a podcast or might have been a news, news report. He's being interviewed, and of course, they were fawning all over him and asking him all kinds of questions, like he's the, he's the, he's the authority. 
And he made the statement, and I've, I think I've got it recorded. I think I downloaded this but somewhere. Maybe next year, next week, next year, I'll, I'll play this. Next week, I'll play this. They're talking about full lockdowns by December. This is now Alex Jones came out and said this about a month ago. He was saying he talked to somebody on the inside, and they're, they're already planning all this stuff. They're going to call it 14 days to, to, just to get the, you know, to, to slow the spread, to slow the curve. Just a quick two-week lockdown like we had before. Remember that two-week lockdown lasted about a year and a half? People aren't going to go for this this time. I, I really don't think people are going to. I think people feel like they've been. Now, people on the left, and there, there, there are even, even some people on the right. Mo, this is mostly a left-right issue. But for some reason, people on, that are really like lunatics on the left think that masks had something to do with stopping the spread. Uh, excuse me. If, if masks, go ahead and wear a mask if you want to. I, that's fine. Wear a mask. Don't make me wear one. Because if your mask is so effective, well, it only stops me from spreading it to you. It doesn't, well, so it doesn't stop. If you're wearing your mask, I, it doesn't protect you. You're only protecting others. Is, is that how this works? It only protects one way, apparently. We all have to wear a mask or else... It's like, it's like the guy with the life jacket thing. J.C. Pierce or whatever the guy's name. The guy wearing his life jacket's telling somebody else he has to wear a life jacket or his life jacket doesn't work. And the next thing you know, he's, I think he, I think he did two of these where he did this whole thing. But then, or maybe this is the same, same video. And then he's wearing two life jackets. The guy, the guy, no, you have to wear two life jackets now. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Two life jackets. Well, in case the one life jacket, you know, the other life jacket will, had, had some kind of weird explanation. It was, but it was, it was so ironic and it was such a good explanation of the whole mask thing and the hysteria that was about it. Now, recently a study came out, a, an actual bona fide study, just, just recently done, done, and it showed that there was absolutely no, even an N95 mask. Even, this guy did an N95 mask study and it, it came out that there was, unless it's, pro, and it has to be properly used the way it's recommended to be used. Even an N95 mask does very little to protect. And it's, it, it's, it has to be used properly and it still does very little. I mean, we're talking 1%. That's, that's like negligent. That's almost nothing. And yet they're pushing this mask idea. Here we go again. And locking things down. There's so much scientific science scientific evidence, actual studies on paper, that they will not let you see. They will not. They won't promote. Now I think this is going to backfire on them. Here's how I see this coming down. And don't let me get distracted here because I did. I want to, my first point about Trump and everything that happened back in 2015. I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. But here's how I see this coming down. They're going to use this. See, this is a double-edged sword here. Because not only can they now put mail-in ballots in place, but this crappy economy we have, they can blame it on that. They can, well, it's just because of COVID. Crappy economy is because of, because of COVID. It's not because of Joe Biden. Joe, Bidenomics brought us out of it. And he'll bring out it again. He'll, now, see, again, I don't think Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. I do not think he's going to be on the ballot. Now, he, he might actually, they might actually go through the convention this fall, and he'll, he'll be their nominee. I don't think he will actually be on the ticket in November of 2024. I know that's kind of a, a bold prediction there. I just don't see him making it that far. He's getting really bad. It's getting harder and harder for them to, to hide it. They can only prop this guy, this, they can only prop Bernie up for so long. So <clears throat> I think it's going to backfire on them because the economy is going to go downhill. And the economy, it affects everybody in a way that I think it's just going to leave. You know, here, and here again, I think the argument could be made that, okay, Joe, so you had, you took over office. There was a vaccine in place. Of course, he, he claims he, they invented the vaccine. They came up with a vaccine which is 
totally not, not true. Then they made vaccine mandates. Now they're coming out with this booster shot. Now, Anthony Fauci has come out and said this booster shot was not designed for this particular variant. But it will still give you protection from serious illness or hospitalization. That's not what we're being told now by the mainstream media, by the Pfizer puppets. They're saying, there's a, there's a booster now that you can take for this new variant. Anthony Fauci himself came out and said it's not designed for this variant. He accidentally let that out. But now that's not what you're hearing from the... The fact checkers, these people who are spo we're supposed to believe all the time, Unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable. It's pretty much believable anymore these days. Pretty much, you can read the Babylon Bee headlines and pretty much next, next week that's what's going to be happening, actually. It's hard to tell the difference between real headlines and the Babylon Bee. So, here's what's happened. The, the economy is going to tank and I think it's going to bite them in the butt. I think this is going to make it sound like you know, things were better under Trump. And this is, in my opinion, it, it, could, it could be argued that this is a mismanagement of COVID itself. COVID never went away. It's still here. It's back. Oh, so you guys didn't actually defeat it then. You really didn't do anything. There was COVID when, we, when you took office and there's still COVID and even though we've got a vaccine. We're still locking down. We're still wearing masks four years later. And you claim you're going to cure cancer? You can't even cure COVID. All I'm going to say is I, I just, I think that this, may, then they'll spin it. They're, they're going to keep on, they just keep spinning and spinning and spinning to the point where they're so dizzy they can't stand up straight. Now, here's how I think things panned out over the last seven or eight years. People became so delusional and so uh, virtified. I, I call it virtified, where they, they, think they, just, they think that the louder they talk and the more that they say. And this, there's a, a very good example of this, I think, in – I think it's in Australia. Um, let me see if I can find this because it was actually – it was pretty interesting. Uh, what was the, it was on Sky News Australia this morning. Oh, where was it? I can't. It's, it was so early this morning. I think it was about four o'clock this morning. I actually read the, or saw this video of this lady. Uh, in She's in the parliament, I, th I think, in Australia. <clears throat> and it might, she might be in Europe, but I think she's in Australia. And she actually ended up um, – yeah, I don't see it here. That's not in my feet anymore. It's, it was so early this morning. She, she actually – she started off – of course, now they have the indigenous population there. In Australia, it's kind of their. Uh, as far as I know, they were never uh, considered slaves, even though they probably did. They probably were. There probably was that. But she. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, seeing some things in my feet that I didn't see earlier this morning. The the. Uh, this lady, she, she has become more and more vocal. And, of course, she has to become more vocal. <clears throat> she, she makes some headway about some things. When she first came out and was kind of you know, fighting for their rights and was kind of on their side and was you know, pushing back against some of the – I think they call them the aboriginals, <clears throat> the, uh, the natives there. And she was taken – oh, here she is. This is uh, Lydia Thorpe. Lydia Thorpe, she has become almost just un unhinged because she has to continue staying in the spotlight, has to continue making things more and more of an issue, bigger issues, in order to 
stay in the spotlight and be and become and, and can remain relevant. Try, trying to remain relevant. And of course, this just she gets more and more ridiculous. And now she's been banned. She's like she she went into a strip club, I guess, and was yelling at them because this was native land. This was they stole this native land. They're, what they're doing on native land. She'd been banned from the strip club and called a racist. She was yelling at white people and black people alike inside the strip club saying that they're, you know, because they wouldn't bow down to her demands. Her fascist way of looking at, the, look, unbelievable stuff. I just, just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And I think that this, this is representative. It's, it's like, it's like a small microchasm example of what has happened with the anti-Trump, never Trump folk out there. The way they have so vilified this guy and thought that if I'm anti-Trump, then that makes me more virtuous. And the louder I can be and the more boisterous I can be about it, the more anti-everything that they, they, think, they think Trump stands for. Now, that's, this is one of the brilliant things I think that, that happened here between Tucker and Trump. When Trump went, he's got interviewed like a regular person. He, he was human. And they, they asked him questions and he was able to answer questions about different, different issues. It made the debate, in my opinion, this is just my observation. It made the debate, the Republican debate, look like a game show. It just looked like a game show where the contestants were vying for the prize. Now, these folks had to, had to sign a pledge. This is, this is how ridiculous this is getting in a debate. This is, you have, they have rules they have to pass. So, so you have to raise enough support. You have to do this and that. You have to, Larry Elder, of all people, was kept from the debate. He should have been on that stage. No question in my mind. And everybody in the Republican Party agrees. They, they really screwed up on that one. Because they wouldn't allow the, I think it was the Quinniac poll. Or, or one, of the, one of the polls. Saying that, well, that they're associated with Donald Trump. No, just because they called Donald Trump back in 2016. Doesn't mean they're associated with him. So he had to use another poll. So he went out and got another poll. Well, then it was too late. Well, it's too late. Sorry. He can't be on the. And he raised plenty of money, he raised plenty of support. There's another guy who cheated the system, went out and paid people to send in dollar. He gave them $20 gift certificates for sending in a $1 donation. I think one guy actually sent in like 500 of them. Yeah, and he got gift certificates for every single one of them. This guy bought his way onto the stage. Larry Elder, could, could, he, he's a wealthy man. He could have done that. But he didn't. He played fair. So the guy got, his, got himself on the stage. I can't remember who it was that did it. I think it was, the, I think it was Asa or whatever the guy's name is. One, one of the guys is a... Uh, former CIA guy, and he's anti-Trump. Him and uh, Chris Christie. Now, Chris, Chris Christie. Everybody's asking themselves, scratching themselves on the head, going, "Why is Chris Christie even up there?" Now, they, they, they did one question. It was interesting. One of the questions that they asked was, "If Donald Trump wins the nomination, will you support? Will you hold to your pledge to support the nominee?" Vivek Ramaswamy. Hand went straight up as high as it could go. Everyone else kind of fell down the line. They looked like junior high kids in high school being put, just answering out of peer pressure is what it was. This was a defining moment, in my opinion, for, for Ron DeSantis. And, and I, I don't, I'm sorry. There's a lot of commentators who are saying it didn't really matter that much. You know, they're, just, they're just saying who, who raised their hand and who didn't. How many of them raised their hand? No, you had to see this event when it took place. Ramaswamy raised his hand. To his left, 
people one by one were raising their hands down the, down the row. On his left, DeSantis looks over at, at Vic Vivek, Vic, at Vivek. And then he raises his hand and he raises it about half, you know, didn't even hardly above, above his shoulder. Chris Christie looks like he's raising his hand, but he's not. And some people said he raised his hand. He did not raise his hand. He raised his hand to point and shake his finger at the rest of them. He was not raising his hand in support, even though he signed the pledge to support the nominee. Not just the nominee from that group, from the nominee. They're already breaking their pledges. Why is Chris Christie even in this race? I'll tell you why. He was the one who made the biggest stink when Ramaswamy said, I'm the only one up on this stage that's not bought and paid for. He was in the middle of a sentence. Chris Christie was the vo most vocal one. And then the, I caught a video of him pointing, and while Ramaswamy's talking, he's pointing to the commentator and he's asking, am I going to be up next? Can I, can, I, can I speak here? And of course, they go right to Chris Christie. Something is going on there. And Chris Christie is in this race not to win, not to be, he'll never be president, and we all know it. He's not going to be the nominee, and we all know it. He is there as a bitter pill. He is there to, and, and all he did was attack Ramaswamy all night. Now, I, I'm surprised. And then the other day, I saw this on, on Fox. It was a Fox YouTube title to one of their videos. Mike Pence thrashes Ramaswamy in this comment that he made back and forth with each other. Uh, no, that's not what happened. If you actually watch the video, I'm watching the video wondering where is this thrashing? I'm, I, I'm still waiting for this. What, what's what, I don't get, where did, where did this happen? Now the mugshots are being released. Now last night, of course, uh, I believe it was Trump. I don't, th I don't think the, the actual official mugshots are coming out until four o'clock this afternoon from the courthouse in Georgia. But I believe that Trump himself released the mugshot. And the mugshot looks, he's mad. He looks mad. And of course, he's, he's looking at the camera and he looks resolute. He looks strong. He looks like, I'm coming, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for this. I'm in this for the fight. That's, that's what it looks like to me. It looks like a fighter to me. Now, that's, that's just my subjective opinion. He looks serious. Now, I'm sure he had to figure out what, what he, whether he wanted to smile and laugh in this or if he wanted to actually be, have some kind of, this look, he, he's, he thought this out. This is a specific look he was going for here. For whatever reason. Now, I think he's playing this brilliantly. I, I, I'm looking at this and where it's going to be in a, in a couple months. And it's, it's, I just, I think this is absolutely, it's brilliant the way it's all being played out. Now, at the same time that this is going on, you've got John Bolton, of course, on MSNBC being interviewed. And his, his comment was, he looks like a thug. Well, Bolton, uh, John Bolton, I, I could talk about things you look like. If that's the best you can, oh, he looks like a thug. Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, then we need to throw him in jail. He, he looks like a thug, so he, he must be a thug. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. That's the best you got. Let's talk about the, the substance of what he's done, which is absolutely nothing. Unbelievable stuff. I just, it's just, it goes on and on and on. Now, let's get back to the 
Well, I think I've already. I've already I think I think I've beaten that a dead horse. Now that's now that it's dead. I, I have. Uh, well, that's really all I have. That's all I have to say. I, I'm done. I guess I'm, that's, I'm I'm done for the day. I'm done. See you. Bye. No, I have. Uh, I still have chai left here, so I, I have to keep my show going. It's going to quite a bit there. One of the things I think that's going to, going to we're going to see here. Uh, pan out in the next couple months is this continued uh, just ridiculous clown show. They're talking about more indictments coming uh, now for uh, for Trump and for, for some of the... Oh, speaking of... Uh, uh, um, I recently saw this stupid... It's a really good example of uh, how people use the word uh and um. Joe Rogan was interviewing this guy. I think he had uh, – it was a show. There was a show this guy had. I think it was Adam Ruins the World or whatever it was, what it was called. And this guy named Adam somebody. How he got the show is questionable. But anyway, he had this, this little show, this little series he had for a little while. Didn't last very long. That's why you haven't heard of it. And he is talking to Joe Rogan about – women in and men in women's sports in other words trans men in women's sports and joe's just trying to be based about it he's just trying to be down to earth realistic okay so you've got a man who's been living in a man's body male hormones for 30 years he's going to compete against a female because he's been taking whatever it is some kind of steroids for the last two weeks and now he's going to compete against a woman and you think that's fair and he's – every time he goes to answer a question, it is uh, – um, well, um, I – and uh, I, I – literally, I mean, he's, he's – he, he goes on for about 15 seconds of ums and ahs. Now, I have – I'm very – I guess I'm very hypersensitive to people putting that kind of thing into their speeches, into their statements. And when I hear someone who supposedly is in incredibly intelligent, they're a brilliant writer and they wrote a book and they did all this, and every other word is uh or um or uh. And, 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 um, uh, uh, and, 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 and there's something wrong with this person. They're ability to communicate is horrible it, it, it's it's so annoying to me that i i can't listen to it very long i have to I have to turn it off or turn it down i just i i can't stand it i i end up with the this it's like it's like having running my fingers across a cheese grater I can stand fingernails on a chalkboard, believe it or not. I, I can do that. I have no problem with that. I don't, I don't know why some people have a problem with that. I used to do that in school. I just drive people nuts. We, we had blackboards back then. I would, I would go up to the chalkboard and just watch the whole class just curdle. It's kind of fun. Anyway, the, the, um, that's why nobody in school liked me. That's why I had no friends. No, I had some very good friends in high school. High school, grade school. People I still communicate with with this day. Uh, very special friends. Treasure them. So I had, uh, so I had the ability, I guess, to, uh, to, to, to sense this kind of stuff when people are speaking. And it, I think that part of it is a personality disorder. One of the things that they'll, they'll do is they'll throw this because uh, 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 um, uh, uh, they don't want to lose control of the conversation. Now you look at, listen to Jordan Peterson. He gets asked a question. He'll pause. He'll think. And, and Joe Rogan is this way. Very simply. And I don't, I don't see Joe Rogan as this. He's not a brainiac. He's not some good buddy who's, I mean, he's a very smart, intelligent individual. But I think his ability to communicate, his ability to carry on a, an interview because he's able to ask questions. He's very inquisitive. He's curious. He's inquisitive. 
And he has a skill and an ability, an ability to ask the right question at the right time and then let somebody answer the question or stumble all over themselves trying to. And it's the people who don't pause and think about it and relax for a moment before they start speaking who, have to, who feel like they have to jump in and start going uh, – uh, uh, and, 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 because they feel like they're saying something. They're filling the space with, with noise, but they're not saying anything. The actual content of what they're speaking is nothing. It's zero. And if, and if 80% of what you're saying is uh, um, uh, 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 like uh, that, that's, that means you're only giving about 20% of actual content in what you're saying. It's much, I, I, I equate it to a, some of these people's sh- television shows, some of these commentators on TV, and, and Sean Hannity comes to mind. He has about a 50-second talking point, something that he wants to say, so something, particular talking points. That you, could, you could say them all in less than a minute. The entire show is made up of those talking points. Even when he invites a guest on, he'll say the talking points again. And he'll ask for the, for the guest's opinions of those. And then he'll interrupt them about halfway through, and he'll start to talk about something again. More talking points. The first five minutes of his show is an introduction with all these clips of all these leftists saying weird things and people saying weird things and playing music. Well, yeah, we're coming to you. Okay. Okay. You got your show. Oh, I'll be sitting high in the car. got me. Yeah. You want a little bang in your yin yang? Come along. So it's, 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 he plays a song that by the time he actually gets to any content at all, it's 10 minutes in, 10 minutes past the hour. He does his little spew, his little table setting, as he called it. And he goes to a commercial. Comes back, and of course, the bottom of the hour, you got, you know, then you got news. Get, get, get the news in, top of the bottom of the hour. So that, that all has to happen. Local news, local, local advertising. By the time you do a three-hour show, you've only done about a half an hour of actual content of anything that's actual new. Everything else is fluff. He says, well, that's the way it seems to me. I can, I can listen to the first 30 minutes and know what the show's about, and that's pretty much all I need to hear. And, of course, he, he'll invite on Lindsey Graham, of all people. And he wonders why he has no credibility, why he's not a, a tucker. Yeah. These people are uh, – the, the, the establishment Republicans, and I, I think Fox News has put themselves in the position now of being an establishment Republican organization. And we're, lo- we're losing Fox as a as – a, as a, and they're kind of on the right side, the right wing of what MSNBC and CNN are. The problem is now they're becoming this th- organization now again that is telling people what to think, discerning people, propping can- certain candidates up. You, you, and when, when you see them fawning, like on the morning show, I saw David, uh, Brian Kilmeade and some others fawning all over Mike Pence the other day. And they're, you know, they're interviewing Mike and they're, they're oh, he's like, my book, my book, my book, my book, my book. Maybe start talking all about his book. And if you listen to Mike Pence talk, if you really just take a step back, just listen to the way he speaks, the way he holds his mouth when he speaks. He is an actor. He is trying to be, to say exactly the right thing. And this is what, he's trying to sound smart. When you listen to Nikki Haley, here's another one. Nikki Haley, who talks like this because she can't, she acts like she can't move her bottom jaw when she's talking. And it really bothers me that she talks like this because I don't know, I don't, does does she have a problem with her jaw? Did she she get an accident or something? Does she have her mouth wired shut? Because she literally talks with her teeth. It's like she's talking with her mouth, with her teeth shut, with her teeth clamped down. That's what it reminds me of. It's like, it's like her bottom jaw will not move. I can't even hardly imitate it. It's just, it really, it, it's, it bothers me. To me, that's a sign of something mental going on. And I, I, don't, I don't know what, how, to, how else to explain that. Or sp- it's spiritual or mental or both. And in many cases, the mental is very intertwined with the spiritual. I 
not going to get into this big, deep conversation about that. But it, it's, it's, it, it usually has a, a very close tie to what's going on in the person's heart. And I think that's what, why Vivek Ramaswamy, I think that's why he comes across as so genuine. He just, he just is saying it like it is, and it comes from his heart. He's, he's got some conviction and everything. I think that's what we need right now. I, I can't say that the guy's a Christian. I don't know that he is or not. I have, I have no idea. I don't know what he thinks about Christianity. I have no idea. I do have some problems with his, some of his foreign policy ideas. I think he's got some, some wrong ideas about some of that. But I think he's, he's coming from the right direction on it, on foreign policy. He wants to be a non-interventionist. That's what the founders established, like it or not. Now, we have allies. We do trading with other people. It's just, he's more of a Ron Paul-style foreign policy guy. And I would say Ron Paul was much more in line with what the founders intended. Now, how you play that – and, of course, they all call him an isolationist. They called Ron Paul an isolationist. He wasn't an isolationist. He, he believed in foreign trade. He believed in opening up the markets and being able to, to negotiate with other countries. But we don't get involved in their governments. We don't get involved in their wars. And of course, it's the Senate's responsibility to sign treaties anyway, so it's not really a ratified treaties. It's outside the president's old scope of things. However, the administration has a big influence on, on much of that and whether or not things are actually brought to the table. So in the process of all this stuff, uh, as we finish up this week, and it's been a crazy week. It's just been, it's been nuts. Um, high temperatures, of course, now, now things are going to get cool again and we're going to have some actual record low, record low temperatures for August. Um, nobody's talking about the fact that it got down in the 40s last weekend I went camping last weekend. I think it was uh, Thursday, Friday. We, got, we were out there Thursday night. And I think Friday night it got down 49 or 48, 49 degrees in August, which is highly unusual. And of course, all we can talk about is how hot it is. Oh, it's, hot. it's hot for two, two for three or four days. And of course, I'm, I'm looking at a, an AP, an Associated Press uh, video here. And of course, there it's heat wave hits Brazil during winter. <laughs> How many people realize that Brazil's winters are not exactly – it's like Australia. Austra I've been to Australia in January. Or actually, I've been to Australia – when was it I went there? I went there in the – it was in the wintertime. And their, their winter, their wintertime in Sydney. And I was wearing shorts. Because it was in the 70s. It was low 70s, 69, no, high 60s, upper 70s. Wintertime in Sydney, Australia. They don't exactly get snowstorms there. Nobody. Everybody's wearing coats, long pants. I was obviously the tourist sticking out like a sore thumb. Oh, that was a beautiful day. Out there walking on the dock, looking at boats. That was, that was awesome. I could have jumped in the water at that point. But it was wintertime for them. Well, uh, yeah. To me, they were, they were having a heat wave. You, you, you have to understand, a heat wave for them is different. It's different in Brazil. Anything south of the equator, most, most of the continents south of the equator, do not experience the kind of winters that we experience up here north of here, you know, in the northern continents. It's just different, and it's – they're making a big deal out of absolutely nothing. It just amazes me. amazes me to no end. And uh, there's, there's a couple other things I want to be looking at some things over the weekend. I've got uh, the next few days off. I do start working in. I have to, I have to go back on a schedule uh, Monday. Uh, Monday morning, I'm hoping to have a show. I actually probably should have a show Monday morning. The rest of the week until Friday is up is questionable. It's very questionable in terms of what uh, what's going to happen with the shows. Um, I'm hoping that every morning I'll be able to have a show. However, I don't know that that's going to be the case. I, I do believe uh, Tuesday. I, I might have to start doing Friday morning shows, or live shows, or possibly Monday morning live shows, or just randomly doing show, live shows when I can. Uh, I did a live show last Friday. 
Hopefully it got published okay, uh, posted okay. Once again, folks, uh, just keep in mind that the, the, uh, that the shows will continue on uh, best we can. I have, um, I do have a, a lot going on this weekend. However, I'm going to try to put together a little bit more content for the shows coming up. And I am still, I happened to mention a little while back, uh, I haven't said anything about it for a while, but I do have another podcast I'm interested in launching. I, try, I was going to try to launch at the beginning of this year. I think I'm actually going to be launching it as soon as uh, fall hits. I'm, October 1st is the plan for this new show. And it's all about conspiracy theories, exploring some of the conspiracy theories that have been out there. And going into uh, something that my book is actually going to be about, which is the uh, the talk about actual conspiracy, the conspiracy behind this conspiracy, the actual conspiracy that's going on. And that's why we need to pray. Let's pray for each other, pray for our nation's leaders and everything that's going on. God bless, folks. Have a great weekend.